Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 2. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. So we're all sober this week, but mm-hmm. as those who listened to our Season 3 premiere, hopefully it was everyone, remembers, uh, we did Guess Who's Drinking on that show, where one of us was secretly drinking. We didn't reveal who it was. We wanted listeners to vote in our Millennial group, which, by the way, is at facebook.com slash groups slash Millennial Show. With the majority of the vote was Elisa. She received 62 votes. Matt had 13. Woo! Laura had nine. And Andrew had eight. Man, Elisa, you fucking lush. I know. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. I, it wa- I, I, I don't know what happened. Well, I was well, curious, too. Happened. So I asked people, why, why do you think it was her? And one person replied, Stephanie, she said... She was unusually quiet and then forgot the outro music in a fit of laughter. And that received four likes. So I guess other people figured figured it was you. <laughs> That's classic, Elisa. Yeah, but I, I mean, didn't... Elisa always dissolves into a fit of laughter when, laughter when she fucks up. Like, that's... That's normal well, I that's, behavior. I think that's the whole play, is that she's always drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret. I'm always drunk. Just no, another... I don't... Just another day. I don't know what happened. I I mean, I'm I'll take it. I'm I'm happy that I have this newfound reputation as an alcoholic, I guess, but I don't know where it came from. Um it wasn't me though. <gasps> Not I. Who was it? What? Reveal thyself. It was me. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. I thought it was me. <laughs> I thought it was me after the poll. I started questioning reality. <laughs> was I drunk? Maybe was I was drunk. Uh, well, Laura, kudos to you, Laura. Thank you. you I fooled I th- the masses. I thought I did pretty well, um, considering the fact that I was taking straight shots of rum throughout the recording. thought I did pretty well. So, What kind of rum yeah. was it? Uh, Flor de Caña, which is this amazing Nicaraguan oh. rum. Uh, so good. I like I love Florida Kanya. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good. It's good. It's not that great. Sh- fuck okay, you. Well, you don't know anything. Listeners, I guess you got to try harder next mm-hmm. time whenever we play this next. Listen more care. I think I think Laura was just pacing herself a little too much, and so she didn't exhibit any signs of drunkenness. Oh, there were signs. Just I think I- with me. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> You know, are are any of you still playing Pokemon Go? No, I still have it. Yes, but still have I, it. I don't but not playing it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I, I can't even remember the last time I used it. I think it was. But Elisa, Day. you are. I'm still playing it very casually. I don't. I'm okay. not as obsessed as I was. But yeah, once in a while, I, I stopped it for a while and then I picked it back up again because they have been introducing like new features and um, like over Christmas that was fun. And and they introduced new Pokemon, but they did it in a way where supposedly they they can only be discovered by hatching eggs. And over the Christmas holiday, they started giving people more eggs and more incubators. So I was into it. Every day I was getting eggs and incubators from the Pokestops. 
And I've hatched so many freaking eggs at this point. I am walking my ass off. Every time I'm out there with my dog, I got Pokemon Go up. I'm mm-hmm. rocking and rolling down the street with this thing, looking like a nerd, walking down the street. Um, and I have yet to get one of these stupid Pokemon, and I'm so fed up with it. <laughs> I want a Togepi. <laughs> what, 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 what the <laughs> fuck is a Togepi? I want a baby Pikachu. I I want any of these new adorable little Pokemon, and I haven't gotten one of them. I've gotten <laughs> Bell Sprouts. I've gotten the fucking one that looks like Squidward. I have to get one of these new ones. I never. I'm fucking dying. You sound genuinely pissed off. It's so I funny. am because I get so excited. I'm like, oh great! I just finished hatching. Are walking a five kilometer egg or a ten kilometer egg? I've worked hard for this. This has taken several walks with my dog, taking several <laughs> picking up pieces of shit off the sidewalk, and still nothing. And I'm just really fed up with that whole egg thing. And this point now, they they're done giving out eggs. They're done giving out incubators. So now I got to start shelling out real hard earned Patreon money to get more eggs and incubators just to not catch these new Pokemon. I am pissed. I want everyone to know that in the in the planning document for this episode, Andrew wrote, Pokemon Go, fuck me over. <laughs> he's, well, he's, like true. genuinely irate. And by the way, I didn't even like color that, so nobody knew who wrote it in. It's just one one of the four of us wrote, Pokemon Go, fucking me over. <laughs> We all knew it was you, sweetie. Pokemon Go, fuck yourself. And speaking of uh, fuckemon Go, fucking things up for me, the the Apple Watch app that you, that they hyped up over the summer is a piece of garbage, utter trash. What, what is it? Why? Because it, you have to open the app on your phone still, and it doesn't work. It's slow as hell. You can't see what Pokemon. You can't catch the Pokemon from your watch. It doesn't save battery. It doesn't make it easier to 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 play. This is a big disappointment. What does it? What does it do then? Yeah, what's the point of it? I don't. It, it tells you, hey, a Pokemon's nearby, and then you have to open up your. Uh, you got to pull out your phone to try and catch it. Wait, is it and, any Pokemon, or can you like list ones that alert you I, when I, one I, that you want is close by? I no 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 no. It, it's it's all the Pokemon, and <laughs> and you have to open the app anyway. Like you can't just open the app on your watch. You got to go and open it up on your phone as well. It's just so that's stupid. annoying because like they got there's like shit tons of Ratatouilles everywhere. So you're gonna be constantly like <laughs> Ratatouille being told what 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 are they called Ratatat Don't act like it, like it's common knowledge, Elisa. I mean, it is. It's. It's it the the name might not be, but spelling is, and <laughs> it says it right on the screen. So, like, real quick, one other thing about this damn game, I have still been into it, and I'm like, I've been evolving po- Pokemon, doing pretty well. Like, I finally got a Raichu, that was exciting because I caught enough Pikachu's. The saddest moment of my life so far was. <laughs> Opening up the app while sitting at home and seeing that there is a Snorlax at the Starbucks down the street. <laughs> I left oh, my sh- home and walked three blocks down to the Starbucks specifically to catch the fucking Snorlax. I don't even <laughs> buy anything at Starbucks. I step out front of the Starbucks. I'm sitting there swiping my phone. <laughs> and then I turn around and I walk back home and I plop myself back on my couch. <laughs> 
sad. This That's the saddest story I think I've ever heard. <laughs> this <laughs> is... On so what? many levels. In seriousness, the game was designed to do exactly that. The developers even said that they were hoping to make a game yeah. that was so interactive it got people off their asses. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I was just so disgusted with myself. I was like, wow, I'm Aww. really doing this. And hey, listen, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it for a Snorlax. Yeah, so. yeah you, right? You, you know, you aim Do high. it right. That was my thought. I mean, I hadn't seen one before until that moment, so I knew this was my time. <laughs> this is my moment. Oh, shine, Andrew. <laughs> anyway, I got to do this. At the end of the show, I'm going to mention one other video game thing. Actually, I'm... I'm Super excited for this, but we'll save that for the end of the show. On the right. last episode, Laura, you told us that you were preparing for a Trump presidency by doing what? Uh, by getting an IUD. And what is an IUD? It's an intrauterine device that's inserted up into your uh, shiz, Gross. as it were. That's a med- that's a medical term, actually. And uh, so I had that done yesterday. Um, and I'm really glad that I did it. Uh, I don't know if today I'm glad that I did it because I'm having <laughs> having some of the side effects. Which, what are the side effects? Which are like no bueno, um, like fatigue uh, and like some nausea and things like that. You know, because your body is basically like, um, there is like a foreign object inside of us right now. Like we must kill oh. it. <laughs> and, oh no! And so my not- so my body's just like not letting me do anything except sleep. And be grumpy and sometimes cry a little bit. So <laughs> that's my life right now. But now I'm really glad I did it um, because currently, as I mentioned in the last episode, it is 100% covered under current healthcare law. Um, so I got in like right under the wire on that shit because <laughs> yeah. this is all getting ready to change very, very soon. So I hope it works yeah. out. Um, there's a slight chance that it could expel itself, and I'm like, please don't, please oh. don't, please don't. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? What are the chances? It, a slight chance. Like, oh, it's slight. Not, it's, it doesn't happen very often, but it could. Okay. So. Mm. So, so, to put this in layman's terms, I could come over, and let's say you're in a better mood mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. If you're and in the mood. And we could bang. Right. I could enter you without any protection on mm-hmm. my banana. Yes. You, and you could do that. I could drop <laughs> you, a load inside of you. You could drop your sim seeds <laughs> inside of me. <laughs> and you will not get prego. There's it's 99% effective. Not to say you won't, but it's super effective. Uh, more effective than the pill, more effective than using condoms, etc. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really That's cool. Awesome. So I'm excited to have it. So it, get to it, guys. It, it, <laughs> it lasts for five years. So I don't fucking have to worry about shit for five years. As a matter of fact, this thing is also known to completely get rid of your period after a few months. No. So, yeah. What? Yeah. Why doesn't everybody do this? Well, because having a foreign object put up in your vag just to get rid of periods is like not like uh, sound medical reasoning. So, so like a doctor inserts this, is mm-hmm. that what happens? Yeah. Did you did you wash down there extra so he has a pleasant visiting experience? Well, I mean, I did clean myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ooh. I don't know if I needed to wash extra because I'm just you know I stay clean. Well, just in case. 
Um, well, I'm not saying shiz. you don't generally. Yeah. She so. trimmed her shiz into like a little heart shape. So oh. that he knew right. I... He, he knew right where to go. Uh, first of all, Doctor was a she, and even okay. better. <laughs> Second, I was not about to go like you know. I was not about to landscape down there, okay? Because it's like they've seen yeah. it all. They're getting ready to put a foreign object like right up my hole. <laughs> like I just don't give a fuck. You guys are really <laughs> suave. You know that Andrew's like, like right up my hole. And what Andrew say? Andrew's like, it's, it's could, No, he was like, I could drop a load inside. <laughs> I could drop a load inside you, uh, right up my hole. I mean, there's really no pretense here, is there? You're just. Please I tell me that's. Explicit, please tell me that's so, not what you actually say during sex. I, oh, I'm gonna drop my load. Oh, I'm about to drop my seed. No, 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 my no. sim seed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that next hole. time. Oh, I'm Fuck about to hole. come my sim seed. No, I wanted to be explicit so <laughs> listeners understood exactly what was happening and and what the benefits mm-hmm. are. So that's great, Laura. We applaud you. Thank you. Yeah. We admire and, it. Uh, <laughs> Laura's hoping for business now. Between now and yep. twenty twenty two. That's that's right. You got five years, guys. You got five years just to get in, get out. You got no, a full term. Cool. No baby. Top to your patrons only. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So let's talk a little bit of news. It's been a big week. So even though we want to get away from politics, we're going to talk about them on this episode with the inauguration coming up and with all this Russia stuff happening. Um, the, the It's been a crazy few days. Yeah. Um, CNN reported earlier this week that there are classified documents presented to President Obama and President-elect Trump that included allegations that Russian operatives claimed to have compromising personal and financial information about Trump. They had this very well-sourced. They've been saying they've been working very hard on it. Um, they were. This information was presented in a two-page synopsis um, that was a part of a report on the Russian er- interference in the 2016 election, which we talked a lot about last week. So this came out, and of course it was huge news, that Russia may have some dirt on Trump that they could use whenever they wanted to get their way. They could blackmail Trump. That's basically what what this meant. And that's very significant for the public to know because that presents a huge problem. So we were talking in our group chat when this story first broke. What could they possibly have on Trump? And I was like, well, let's make a guessing game out of it on uh, episode 302. But then shortly thereafter, BuzzFeed goes and posts the entire 35-page document <laughs> that that has been running around in high levels of gov- government and through the media. Um, but, nobody's, but, everybody, but nobody has released this. It's, it's been kept under wraps. Um, and there's, of course, there's a lot of info in here that that is very bad. If it's true, we we mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been substantiated. It's still unknown if this stuff is legitimate. But of course, everybody grabbed grabbed onto this one part. I'm gonna read part of it. 
There were other aspects to Trump's engagement with the Russian authorities. One which had borne fruit for them was to exploit Trump's personal obsessions and sexual perversion in order to obtain um, suitable compromising material on him. According to Source D, where she, he had been present, Trump's conduct in Moscow included hiring the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, where he knew President and Mrs. Obama, whom he hated, had stayed on one of their official trips to Russia, and defiling the bed where they had slept by employing a number of prostitutes to perform golden shower a golden shower show in front of him. The hotel was known to be under FSB control with microphones and concealed cameras in all the main rooms to record anything they wanted to. So if this report is to be believed, one of the things that Russia has on Trump is video or presumably at least audio of some golden shower action going down in this suite. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and... It was a great day, though. It really was. Twitter was (laughs) on fire. I it was, was a dying. great day to be alive. Even if it, even if it's not true, God, at least they gave us something. Well, it was, you know what? It's funny. So yes, it's very likely that it's not true. But the point of the matter is, what is true is that the Russians have something on our president-elect. And that's yeah. not good. No. No, no, it's not. And it's the more important not. information in this report is that that there seems to be again if this is if this is true direct indirect but direct discussions going on during the election and even before that during the campaign and even before that between Trump's associates and the Kremlin and that of course would be very very bad so it's kind of a shame that the golden showers stuff has been the focus because there's other very serious information in here that if true would be terrible and would probably get Trump impeached. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. I was gonna say the the golden shower story is admittedly very, very funny. Um, but it would be a tragedy if we all got distracted by the funny here. Because the memo, this thirty five page document we should explain, was condensed into just a few pages. Um, So when people talk about the memo, they could be talking about the full document or the shorter abbreviated version. In either case, though, um, the the memo doesn't just talk about golden showers and, and prostitutes. It also discusses how the Kremlin, Vladimir Putin, has been deliberately trying to groom Donald Trump as an asset for the past five years. It says that he's been giving him favors. He's been letting him lease land and hotels and property. He's just been sucking up to him, basically, all to groom him for the presidency. And that this plan to uh, to assist Donald Trump rise to power has been in place for at least five to ten years. That's also what the memo says. And again, Andrew's right. This is unsubstantiated. We don't know yet. If this is true, and if it is, to what extent it's true. But the mere fact that 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 every intelligence official, we're talking the director of the CIA, the director of the FBI, yes, you know, despot Comey, um, they all agreed that this was credible enough to brief the president. So we don't know if it's true, but we have very good reason to think that the reports are credible. Um and I think that's I think that's the story. That needs to be mm-hmm. the story. The Definitely. fact that Vladimir Putin 
has been deliberately and for years trying to get Trump in power and has, if true, succeeded. Now, now, I mean, this takes me back to the debate when um, Hillary was saying that he was a puppet for Putin. He's like, I'm no puppet. You're the puppet. You're the yeah, puppet. Can I, You're the can puppet. I play that real quick? Because it, it, you immediately thought of this when, when reading all this information. From everything I see, has no respect for this person. Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet as president of no the United puppet, States. No puppet. And it's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit no, that the, the Russians have engaged in cyber attacks against the United States of America, that you encouraged espionage against our people, that you are willing to spout the Putin line, sign up for his wish list break up NATO, do whatever he wants to do, and that you continue to get help from him because he has a very clear favorite in this race. This comment, in hindsight Mm -hmm. now, is so smart. (laughs) So on the money. really poignant. It it is eerie. I was just going to say, it it just really resounds well and it's really frustrating because again like we were saying last episode we all knew this we all knew this was happening and it was just like nothing was being done to stop it (laughs) and it's like we knew it we knew the train wreck was coming but Mm -hmm. we just sat back and watched it more importantly than us knowing this or at the very least suspecting it More importantly than that, the memo also alleges that in addition to Putin deliberately grooming Trump for the presidency and trying to place him in power and and hacking um, our elections, it also says that Trump, at least Trump's top associates like Paul Manafort, uh, who basically ran the Trump campaign for the first half of it, knew about it and were part of it. So that, to me, is what was where the impeachable offense comes along. Mm-hmm. Because if Vladimir Putin had been doing this for the past few years without Trump's knowledge or without the knowledge of the campaign, then it's still fucked up. It's still concerning. But you can't blame Trump for it because he would have no knowledge of it and no, and no part in it. But the memo also says that there is evidence, audio evidence, that at least Paul Manafort and other members of the campaign were active participants, that they actively were engaging with the Kremlin and with the Russians to take down Hillary Clinton by releasing information on her, Mm -hmm. by cyber attacking the DNC emails and what have you, and that this whole thing was deliberately rigged with the Trump campaign knowing and participating in it. If that turns out to be true, that's an impeachable offense. And not just impeachable offense, that's a criminal offense. People could go to jail. Trump Trump could go to jail. So here's a question, though. I mean, what would it be impeachable under? I mean, is that espionage? Is it treason? Yeah, it would be it would be treason. Well, it depends on who you ask. I think it would be both treason <laughs> and espionage, but it's also there are a lot of federal statutes against interfering in elections as well. Um that that alone, forget treason and espionage. There are the federal laws against interfering in democratic elections in the United States alone would be enough to put somebody in jail. But you add treason and what have you on top of it, and yeah, we wouldn't see them again, and they wouldn't see the light of day again. The the last thing I want to say on this 
is everything we've just discussed sort of rests on this being true. And just like I don't like fake news that is, you know, conservative spin, I think we need to be careful about what we assume here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even even though it really bolsters our own worldview and I tend to believe it, we still need to be very careful about what we propagate and what assumptions we draw from this report. So I don't think, I don't think we have enough facts to get up in arms quite yet, but I do want to explain that the basis of this report is still credible, not verified, not substantiated, but credible. And there is a difference The reason it's credible is because all of this intel was compiled by a British spy. His name has since been revealed, Christopher Steele, a British spy who um, was known to be really, really good at what he at what he did, particularly as regards spying on the Russians. The chief, the uh, chief of the MI6 or Mm -hmm. someone of that caliber called him a pro at his job. Yeah, he was part of MI6, which is, I think that's like the James Bond, like, it's basically mm-hmm. James Bond figured this out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so James Bond is the one who who came up with this intel and passed it along through our intelligence agencies, and our intelligence agencies have reviewed the evidence for this enough to, again, present it to the president. We will never, at least not in the next few years, see the evidence ourselves unless it's leaked by a whistleblower. But it, yeah. it it exists, apparently. Well, well, the interesting thing about this, too, I've noticed is we talked last episode about how Russia had paid social media trolls. And I'm pretty sure they were out on Twitter a couple nights ago because all of a sudden I started seeing multiples of the same tweet from just different accounts talking about how this whole thing was a prank by 4chan. And going on about how, you know, misguided liberals are and how how quick we are to take fake news when it suits, you know, our worldview, Um, which I think, you know, I think can be a fair assessment of the situation, depending on how people reacted to this. But it was really crazy to watch all these fake fucking accounts try and spin the the narrative on Twitter. They're clearly out there. It's kind of creepy. We're not talking about it today, but um, there was a the, the debate over fake news has been renewed again. In a nutshell, Trump is calling CNN's report fake news, but he's spinning fake news into a new definition, which is really messed up. Yeah, because fake news up until the pa- over the past couple of days, and it still is today. Fake news is news that comes from illegitimate news sources from sources, right. fake news websites, for example, fake. Uh, fake uh, or Facebook pages that pretend to be news sources. CNN, New York Times, even BuzzFeed are legitimate news sources. And if they are reporting something, it's well sourced. It's a fireable offense to fuck up a story. It ruins people's careers. Journalists do not get into this to write fake news, to Mm -hmm. not write an accurate story. Um, so Trump going around starting to call CNN fake news. He said that he said mm-hmm. exactly that during his press conference is very, he calls very the dangerous. whole organization, not just the story fake. Yeah. 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 And he refused I, to take a question from them. Yeah. 
I want to echo that Andrew said it is very dangerous for to have the president of the United States um, dismiss the media and be so hostile to open press. Open press mm-hmm. and freedom of the press is really a pillar of democracy. It's the only way that the electorate knows anything. How do you know right. what is true and what isn't true without a free and open press? And for him to be so hostile to it um, is really a sign of weakness, in my opinion, and uh, scary and dangerous. And not only is it a fireable offense, but if a, if a news outlet like CNN, who broke this story, or BuzzFeed or whoever else, if they post something knowing it's false – um, then that's also liable, and they can be sued for that. Yes, so there's right. there. It's not just it, it, it's a huge deal. It's a huge accusation. Uh, right. That's just not true. We can say that the story isn't verified. We can't say that it's fake. There's a there's big, a big, big difference. difference. There's a huge difference. And what- I just wanted to point out something else from that clusterfuck of a news conference Trump had the other day. Uh, when he was asked about the allegations in the report about Putin propping him up to become our president, his response to that was literally, if Vladimir Putin likes Donald Trump, I think that's an asset. Yeah. What? And the yep. other... <laughs> the, all right, I know we, we have to move on, but the last, the last thing on this... But but just rustles my jimmies is how is is his his Twitter response to this madness, which was he went on a like all caps rage rant when the CNN story about this broke, and one of the many crazy things he tweeted was something along the lines of, you know, this is this is like a political assassination, like I'm being deliberately targeted here. And what are we, Nazi Germany? <laughs> and I want I want to pause for a moment because this is what when we when we spoke about leading up to the election not becoming desensitized, and when John Oliver and John Stewart and all of those have pleaded with us not to become desensitized, this is what they meant. A sitting president or a president elect to compare the state of this country to Nazi Germany is is mind-boggling. And we, we, we would never accept that from anybody else. Not Obama, not Bush, not Clinton, not Reagan. Can you imagine any one of those people saying that? That because a CNN report came out that we're living in Nazi Germany? That's offensive. Yeah. That's offensive. Yeah. We give him free pass after free pass, and it's mind-boggling. Well, and yeah, I'm tired most of, of everyone like saying we have to give him a chance. Yeah, no. Mm. Most of the but, replies but, to that, yeah. by the way, were people being like, "Yeah, well, we do now, Donald." Yeah. Um. <sighs> so to lighten the mood, real quick, let's hear Mark Hamill, please, Luke Skywalker, um, doing, reading a Trump quote as the Joker because he does he voices the Joker on an animated series. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies and those who have fought me and lost so badly. (laughs) They just don't know what to do. (laughs) Love. 
That was a real Trump uh, tweet, by the way, that he was reading. Why doesn't Mark Hamill play a villain and Luke Skywalker at the same time? Because Cause actors like it, to mix up their roles. No, but he can play like two. I mean, he can play double. What are you talking about? That's not what I said. I thought you said he likes to play the Joker and Luke Skywalker. No, I'm saying why can't he also play a villain character, like two di- two different roles in Star Wars? Because his oh, Joker voice is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in episode eight he'll get possessed and then he'll do his uh, evil voice or something. Oh, I fucking hope so. So, uh, not to continue talking about Trump, but one other thing, uh, Matt, the, something happened at yeah. the Golden Globes over the weekend? Yeah, so the Golden Globes happened this week. I don't know if any of you guys watched it. Did, yep. <laughs> did you? No. Did you? Okay. Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I don't usually watch the Golden Globes because they're pretty much bullshit. But um, y- you're yeah, right. Mr. Andrew, Hollywood something, over here. Well, something did happen, and it came from Meryl Streep. Who's uh, she's uh, some actress. I don't know if you've seen her in something, but uh, she was awarded for this year's uh, Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award and used her acceptance speech to call out the president-elect for appearing to mock a disabled New York Times reporter and warned that a free press would need to be defended. So her speech was all over the media. Have you guys listened to it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's play a little clip here. It was that moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter, someone he outranked in privilege, power, and the capacity to fight back. It it kind of broke my heart when I saw it, and I still can't get it out of my head because it wasn't in a movie. It was real life. And this instinct to humiliate when it's modeled by someone in the public platform, by someone powerful, it filters down into everybody's life because it kind of gives permission for other people to do the same thing. Disrespect invites disrespect. Violence incites violence. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, she used her entire speech to talk about Trump. She yeah. didn't talk about anything. She else. went full on. She she spoke for six minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, I think it's worth noting that she spoke about Trump the whole time, but never once used his name. Never once. And I think it's very telling that she uses word. She, you know, she describes the situation of someone, you know, trying to sit in a uh, high office mocking a disabled reporter and she uses words like bully and what have you and we all automatically know to whom she's referring mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but including the other clue was trump but the attention wasn't right but she, uh the the way that I'm her kidding. her speech was made she very eloquently kept the attention to uh donald trump but more towards what he is inflicting in the public like what he's right. introducing the, the and is allowing right and then she also discussed um, later on in the speech, kind of, uh, kind of touching on what we t- talked about last week was how now more than ever we need to back our our press and protect them from the incoming administration, especially, but also from the public on social media who attack the media. And I think yeah, that- and of course her warnings came true when a couple of days later Trump started attacking CNN again, as we just discussed. Mm-hmm. 
So I really respect that she took her moment and used it yeah. the way that she did. And she could have spoken about her role in Mamma Mia or the latest Disney musical, Into the Woods, but she spent yeah. time on Trump. And I thought that was very, very um, selfless of her. And I, and mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. When she spoke about Trump and opposing Trump, she actually didn't get political. She didn't bring up, you know, abortion or the Affordable Care Act. She didn't bring up issues. All she brought up was decency. All she brought yeah. up was 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 having an expectation for common decency and uh, how we treat one another. That was mm-hmm. it. That was all she did. So the people who are crying foul and saying that she turned the Globes into a political event, I would actually contend. I don't think that that's what she did by the nature of of Trump being Trump. It's political. But she didn't. the, the, The substance wasn't political. All she was actually saying was we have to treat people with respect and hold those accountable who don't. And right. if that is a political, if that is a politicized issue, if human decency is a partisan issue, then we are in really deep trouble. I also don't understand the whole rhetoric that people who are in the entertainment industry cannot be political, because yeah, especially in this past, too. in this past year, especially politics have become entertainment. Why can't entertainment become political? It, well, it, it can't the- be one way and not the other. The thing to me is it's 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 always the conservatives saying the liberal media, they don't understand. They don't they can't relate to the average person. Well, okay, maybe they can't relate, but it doesn't mean they're not intelligent and they don't hold a um they can't hold opinions on subjects <laughs> like the current political right. climate. Um it's just it's just the only excuse that conservatives have when their heroes talk against their their own political beliefs yeah well that whole excuse has gone out the window since we elected president pussy grabber mm-hmm. <laughs> no nah, they're still using it though but i and it bums me out as somebody who's uh you know as the husband of someone like bruce springsteen who's outspoken i hate to see when people talk poorly of my husband because he's a left-leaning liberal he's intelligent and he's got a nice dick i mean you can't really fault him for having you really political can't opinions. No. So. Thank you, Meryl. (laughs) (laughs) One other story before we uh, say farewell to Obama, since we're at the end of um, his term here. No. um, We do want to say thanks to him and not sarcastically. We want to say to him seriously. I just wanted to mention, I thought this was interesting. Norway has become the first country to start switching off their FM radio signals. So they're doing it county by county. It started a couple of days ago. Um, started on January 11th. They're, they're weird. They were like, at 11, 11 a.m. on Wednesday, January 11th, we're going to do this because it was an easy time for us to remember to start doing it. Okay. So they started turning off the <laughs> okay. FM radio. It's Now they're going to be digital only. And it's supposed to save about $25 million, U.S. dollars, annually. How Um, is it saving money, though? You know what? I don't really understand. They didn't really explain that part. Um, I guess just keeping up the FM systems... And sorry, I don't think it's supposed to say the, twenty five like million the towers annually, just or twenty five million. But what is what is digital? Is that like XM radio, like satellite, or I think so. But it 
they are not actually using satellites in the sky. It's some sort of different technology. But I, 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 the reason I bring it up is because we here in America, we still rely on FM radio a lot. Everybody, I think, uses it in their cars if they don't have satellite radio. Of course, mm-hmm. iPods have kind of hurt radio because you can listen to exactly the music you want, commercial-free, and in a lot of cases in higher quality. Oh, and with curse words, the FCC, there's stupid rules over here. You can't listen to anything even somewhat dirty well, on also, the radio because they're afraid of nine-year-olds hearing it. And also there's podcasts. Like you yeah. can listen to NPR and you can listen to the, you know, the news uh, in on your own time on demand. So yeah, uh, listening to the radio has become kind of like a, a scapegoat or a, almost a, a, just a backup option last resort for, yeah for 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 listening to any type of entertainment in your car or anything funny, else people in norway they use sd card readers you know those sd cards that you put in like a digital camera they use yeah. those as like thumb drives over there and put them in their cars <laughs> they, they don't even use ipods over there they just use sd cards they load them up with the latest podcast and then they pop them into their radios I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that, that was like interesting. a thing. I mean, also Norway is a, sm- a relatively small country compared to like the U.S. So, I mean, yeah. they could they could do these things much yeah. more fluidly than we could. Yeah, and In FM fact, I think is a lot bigger out here. But it makes you wonder: is this going to be a trend that starts really moving? Uh, or, uh, and yet, AM radio still exists here in the U.S. and that's old as hell. Mm-hmm. It sounds like crap. I don't know. I was interested I don't know. I in the story. But I do think like on-demand radio, I think maybe even radio in itself, despite it being satellite or over uh, radio waves, is kind of on going on the out anyways. Yeah, it's on the way out. With, yeah, with, with having to download your own episodes like from like NPR or through podcasting, podcast episodes and, and that kind of media it's it's become it's it's been making radio sort of obsolete yeah and i think like spot if it weren't for limited data plans personally i'd probably be using spotify in my car all the time but i can't stream spotify in my car unless i download all this the music that i want ahead of time um so i have to i have satellite radio in my car and i do enjoy using it um for music um but most of the time, I'm also using my Bluetooth to play all of my Springsteen concerts because that's 95% of my iPod. I have um I have the Sirius XM radio app on my phone, and I noticed that you can actually download episodes and music. Yeah, uh, so you directly on your phone, just like like Spotify. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you can even do it an offline mode. Yeah, I, don't know, I thought it was interesting. I think uh, FM is. I, I can't see leaving America anytime soon, but maybe other countries it's it's going to be disappearing pretty quickly. That'll be crazy. That's that's the end of an era there. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Remember, remember it... putting cassette tapes or or CDs into your car? Does anyone still do that? Oh, oh yeah, CDs. What? Nope. <laughs> Lisa, you listen to CDs in your car? I did. We, I started answering before you finished the sentence. I meant oh, I remember doing it. Oh, okay. I remember the days when you would put a little dongle on the bottom of your iPod to broadcast it to your radio in your car. Just me? 
Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I think I guess, just you. I guess I was the only uh, guy who was down with technology back in the middle of 2000s. Yeah, it was, no, it was a, I just bought a cable to connect it to my car's radio. Well, what yeah. I was going to say was a lot of car systems did not have aux in back then. Well. I wasn't rich like you, Laura. I had a shitty 1997 <laughs> Honda Civic. It lacked an aux in. God. I got so confused for a second, Andrew. I thought you said oxen. Like, o- oxen. Like cattle. I have an ox like, in with my real ox. And die of sepsis. And dysentery. <laughs> Although my new <laughs> car doesn't have an oxen either. It's very strange. All right. So like what Andrew said earlier, Obama is approaching the very end of his presidency for a second term. And uh, he had his his final address to the nation this week. And uh, most recently. Cry? E- no, but yeah, it was I definitely. Yeah, I did. But um, before we get into the uh, the speech today. Obama gave a kind of like a ceremonial speech, but what was so great about it was that he surprised our Uncle Joe, Vice President Joe Biden, by awarding him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh. Yeah. And so this which, this was set up as an event just to say thanks to Joe. Here, I'll play part of it now. So, Joe, for your faith in your fellow Americans, Joe's for crying. Your love by of the country. Way. And for your lifetime of service that will endure through the generations, uh, I'd like to ask the military aide to join us on stage. What? Why? What's What's going on? What? What? Is he going to blow me? Peas and carrots? For the final time as president, I am pleased to award our nation's highest civilian honor, (gasps) the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Joe turns around and he dabs his tears because he has has a moment. His reaction was so, so genuine. Yeah, it was, um, it was cute. Yeah, he was very emotional during that. It was adorable. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to miss them so much together. Yeah. It's like the ultimate bromance. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like, you really don't see this kind of relationship between the president and the vice president, especially at the end of two terms. Yeah. Like... Uh, our, our previous president George W. Bush and Dick Cheney they didn't they, oh, they, they were, were not good friends they were better than Joe and Barack in my opinion mm-hmm. okay yeah. <laughs> but even sure but even uh, even Bill Clinton and Al Gore they they definitely had some issues together hey um, how's it going I think the reason is because it's always a power grab it's always there's always a lot of tension between the president and vice president because they have their own agendas and what have you but I think say what you will about about Joe and Obama, but they don't have egos. They have their flaws and they have their issues, but they do not have egos. They're in it for the right reasons. And so mm-hmm. I think that they got along so famously because, you know, they could put all of like the the political ego shit aside and they were like, Hey bro, what's up? Like, let's just get this shit done. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care who gets credit for it. I don't care how it happens, just make it happen. Right. Getting back to Obama, to say thank you to Obama, <laughs> we wanted to all take turns and just mention what, you know, say thanks, Obama. Elisa, what do you want to thank Obama for? Oh, boy. So much. Um, I want to thank him for his decency. I think that's something that we're going to miss most of all. He was a good person um, at his core. 
Uh, I'm going to miss his mom jeans. I'm going to miss his... I'm going to miss, I think, his belief in us. He was sort of always, always optimistic and always so... had put so much faith in the American people. And even when I was very bitter and jaded, um, listening to him speak always made me reel that in and and brought out my own sense of optimism and hope for the country. He did that. Um, I'll miss that. Um, if I can quickly, though, I, I do want to go over a couple of actual things he accomplished. I think people you can't. forget. So you go fuck yourself. So he <laughs> let's let's not forget that when he came into office, we were we were in the midst of, of, a, of a terrible recession. Uh, a lot of people forget that he jump-started the economy with the Recovery Act of 2009 and um, saved a lot of jobs. In the past year alone, 2.1 million jobs have been created over the span of his presidency. More jobs have been created by Obama than um, under his predecessor, Bush. He repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That's a big fucking deal. Oh, yeah, they're alive. He passed the Dodd-Frank Act, which holds Wall Street accountable. Whenever there's a financial crisis, it makes sure that the banks take responsibility for for their actions, for whatever income that they lose, instead of passing it on to the consumer. Um, The president, even just coming out in favor of gay marriage, you know, the Supreme Court did that. But to have the sitting president come out in favor of gay marriage is a huge deal. It was sent... It was it was a it was a sign. It was like a bat signal that made it truly and really normalized and okay. Um, he fought for the Paris Agreement. He kind of shaped the Paris Agreement, which today stands still to this day stands as the most comprehensive and bold framework to combat climate change. I mean, there's some really tough tough um, statutes in there. That's going to hold every country, including the United States, going to hold our feet to the fire to fight climate change. He did that. Um, In 2013, he urged the states to raise the minimum wage to at least $10 an hour. Uh, His advocacy, his personal advocacy going around to the governors and to the legislatures trying to convince them to do that led to 18 states and Washington, D.C. raising their minimum wages to $10.10 an hour. Um, he killed bin Laden. Fuck yeah, America, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, not sorry. That's, I'm usually not for violence, but bin Laden, like, this is great. (laughs) This is great fucking news. It's bin fucking Laden. Like, sucks to suck. Um, and the Affordable Care Act, of course, widely, widely known and considered, at least for the time being, is still the law. And even if, uh, even if it's repealed, uh, for the eight years it's been in place, it has saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives. So thanks, mm-hmm. Obama. Yeah. Great. Well, um, wow, I mean, well, fuck. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think there's anything um, left for us. Um, that's... Well, I wanted to say, I liked how real he was. I liked his friendliness. Uh, mm-hmm. You just see him speak and you feel like you could get a beer with him. And of course he had that, he has that million dollar smile. And I'm also just appreciative of, Especially because because now he's coming in between Bush and Trump of how well spoken he is. Mm-hmm. And for the fact that he reads books. I don't think Trump reads books. It, it seems like he is just not an intelligent person. 
So yeah. it was so refreshing seeing Obama and how well spoken he was after he um, followed Bush, and and it's once again refreshing after you spend any amount of time listening to Trump. Going back to Obama, uh, like with his farewell speech, for example, you just you just see that he is a very he's a genuinely intelligent person who speaks and writes from the heart. So mm-hmm. thank you, Obama, for being a genuinely good president. Yeah, yeah. for me, I think what I'm going to miss the most is having a president who truly understands what the weight of that office means. I think Obama has demonstrated on multiple occasions just how difficult the decision-making can be, how difficult the right choice can be to make, and how sometimes there is no right choice, and how he ha- he himself has pretty openly grappled with some of the things that have happened over the course of his presidency. He hasn't been a perfect president and he knows it and he owns that. And mm-hmm. we're not going to see that again in this, yeah, <laughs> in not, this next administration. Not, not for, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a really tough shift. And finally, I would just say um, my first election when I was old enough to vote was when Obama ran for the first time And I will never forget the feeling that his campaign and that he as a candidate inspired in me. Um, I've been invested in politics since I was very young, but that year I felt so connected to it in a way that I had never felt before. And I think it's because Obama gets our age group. He gets it. He gets the situation that we're in. He understands how to communicate with us without being like, no offense to Hillary, but like, he's not like, hello, fellow young people. How can I assist you? You know, he like, he hot sauce in my bag. Yeah, he actually, he actually gets it. He understands where we're coming from. And I I would say he, you know, that also applies to Michelle, who I'm also going to miss um severely she has been such an incredible presence in the role of first lady um it's just gonna be really hard to see him go i'm sad yeah i well, i'm gonna say uh just one final thing uh real quick since we're getting kind of long i'm going to say that as on a personal level i i really am gonna miss his his speech and his delivery of his speeches, whether they he's reading off a teleprompter or he's speaking speaking from the mind off the cuff. I can't wait for his book. We were going to do AP Choice. This is a segment exclusively for our $10 patrons. They get to submit topics uh, for us to discuss. But nobody's submitting anything. Come on. There's 111 of you. We made a post two days ago on Patreon. Send in some topics. Ask... Laura, how her UID, IUDUI is. Ask the her. DUI. Ask her if ask you can Laura how her DUI is. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you know if my body expels my DUI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't, don't know. Ask us anything. It could be, it could be uh, um, anything you want, whether it's about us or about politics. <laughs> Maybe not politics. Uh, entertainment, books, whatever you want. Just, just ask us something and we would we'd be happy to uh answer it here on the show or turn it into a discussion of some sorts maybe relationship advice 
Yeah, we used to do a lot of that. that. I was gonna say it could also be like you know like advice of some sort. If you have some shit going down, let us know. Yeah, we want to hear about your shit. So nobody submitted anything, but that's okay because they're still pledging. So we still love you. Let's do surprise pitch. <laughs> Speaking of pledging. <laughs> Uh, because last week we had a caller who stopped. Trader, um, let's pick a newer number so we can hopefully have a higher chance of somebody who is still an active patron. <laughs> okay. Uh, Give us a range, Andrew. Yeah, let's I'm see. trying to scroll yeah. down. It's only showing me the first 100 right now. Three. Three. That's not a high number. <laughs> oh. Uh, let's do between 300 and 566. I want to say four ninety nine. Oh, yeah, me too. I was going to say that. Sorry, that number was already selected. That was Megan. Uh, so let's do five hundred. That's Bree. She's in New Zealand. What time is it there? Tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I don't think they have clocks in the Shire. All right, a Shire themed surprise bitch. I already can see who's going to be asking all the questions. To Bree. The dwarfs dug too greedily. History became legend. Legend oh, no. became myth. No, we already and did this. Two and a half thousand years. The ring passed out of all knowledge. Alright, I assume Until she's Didn't we already do this movie commentary? When chance came. Why? Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Matt, didn't you just say Hakuna Matata? I was running out of elfish. <laughs> okay that is ashley let's give her a call now i say you leave that part in the whole fucking thing i'm serious (laughs) hello ashley your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system at the tone please record your message when you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Surprise, bitch! This is Millennial New Year! Same old shit! Ba with the ball, the bang, the bang! Ding it, ding it! Uncle Joe is gone! Obama's gone! Russia has shit about golden showers and Trump! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that random kid rock in the middle of it? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? It's from. <laughs> that's that's like Andrew's version of heavy metal is kid rock. I have no uh, fucking idea what just happened. Well, sorry, Ashley. Sorry, Ashley. We tried. New rule in season three. We are trying to call a couple people, then we're giving up. We can't spend more than ten minutes on this <laughs> segment. Uh, permission to move on? Yes. Granted. Oh, All right. You can move on, but only if you leave that stuff in. <laughs> okay, Matt, you heard her. <laughs> okay. Um, before we wrap up today, I wanted to make a couple of recommendations. I mentioned this earlier in the show. I was going to be talking a little more about video games. Nintendo, this is a very big night for nerds. I'm talking about Thursday night. Nintendo is revealing their next gaming console, the Nintendo Switch. They're doing it in a live stream three hours from now. We saw a trailer a couple months ago. The thing looks fucking awesome. 
basically you can you can game at home in full HD on your big ass TV, and then let's say. Uh, like like what happens in the trailer, somebody out the window says, hey, Mary, come on over for our cookout. You can grab your system, pop in the controllers to this extra little screen, and bring it with you. It, it turns into like a 3DS, but it's a nice big widescreen. It's called the Nintendo Switch. We don't know much about it. We don't know the price. We don't know the games. We, we don't know other details. So Nintendo is expected to reveal it tonight. I'm very excited. I am going to be sitting there watching the stream with my dick out, looking... St- forward to hearing about a, a, a Mario Kart, um, a, a good uh, 3D Mario game. They didn't have one of those for the Wii U. Very exciting. So wait, they're, rele- they're, they're releasing the details tonight? Yes, tonight. Oh my Get your God. vibrator I didn't know out. That. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I, you have a Wii Jr. U, right? Yeah. Yes, I have all. I, I have all the Nintendo. Switch I thought we already knew what the Nintendo Switch was. Like, what kind of details? Well, the details I just said; those are the ones that we know. But we're going to learn about price, dates, games, other okay. cool stuff that it does. It's rumored you're going to be able to play GameCube games on it. That could be a very big deal because you haven't been able to do that in the virtual console on the Wii U. Oh, you can play Ocarina of Time, or is that sixty four? That was 64, and uh, yes, you can already do that. Come on, Matt. Get down with the Nintendo stuff. I still have the original Wii somewhere in the closet. I am pumped to hear about the games. That's what I want to hear about. I want to know what's going to be released, when, so I can take off work. I'm all about those midnight release parties. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm. Um, Nintendo Mm. needs needs to hit it big. The the Wii U, it, it wasn't really that great, so... Good, a couple good games, but they need some. They need some great stuff. So, very excited for tonight. Very excited. I've I've hold, I've held off on beating off all day today because I'm I'm waiting for this switch announcement. When do you think you might climax? Uh, approximately thirty seconds into the unveiling. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I think I it see, might be Smash Brothers. As soon as I see Mario Kart, that's when I'm coming everywhere. Oh. oh. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that Rainbow Road. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a Rainbow Road coming out. <laughs> I've been too inappropriate on this episode. Um, and one other thing to keep on people's radars, um, there's a very popular book series that came out a good decade ago now. I think it wrapped up. A series of unfortunate events. Did anybody read these? Yeah, no. I actually no. did. Oh, did you like them, Laura? Yeah. Um, I mean, they were definitely, by the time they came out, I was slightly outside of the age range mm-hmm. that they were geared for, but they were enjoyable, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, so they tried to do a movie with Jim Carrey. That was going to be a series. It didn't work terrible, out. It was terrible, by the way. Yeah. Bad adaptation. <laughs> the books are f- fantastic. If you've read them, you love them. My brother is a super fan. He's read all the books four times each. Um, I read many of them. Um, so anyway, Netflix adapted it. Season one comes out on Friday, January 13th. It stars Neil Patrick Harris. It covers the first four books in eight episodes. So that's season one. I saw a couple of episodes already is very good. And I think, um, everybody's going to like it, whether or not you read the books. I think this is going to be a big hit for Netflix. So binge that this weekend. If you're looking for something to watch. Sober okay. Lisa, what's our outro music this week? <laughs> um, 
Will you stop <laughs> I drinking? See I see it. I think I, I I know what this just speaks for itself. I think everyone will get it. Oh, God. Okay. C- coming up on After Dark today, we're going to talk about the inauguration, what our plans are for Inauguration Day, and how the Women's March may actually be more popular than Trump's inauguration. Also, it was reported uh, by somebody organizing the inauguration that it's going to have, quote, soft sensuality. So we're going to be Gross. coming up with some ideas there for what that could possibly look like. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. See you next week for episode 303 or over on Patreon for After Dark. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Yes! Ah, my name is Andrew! What a great song. <laughs> Said no <Hey>. one ever. <laughs>